Welcome everybody back to the Brocast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm coming to you mere seconds after UCLA uh, blew out Colorado 44-20 at the Rose Bowl. Um, it was really a huge second-half comeback for UCLA. They were down 20-10 to at halftime, and then in the second half, uh, pretty much entirely shut down Colorado while also... Um, it honestly looked like the blur at times with what UCLA was doing offensively, but um, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson running the ball a ton, um, a lot of zone read, um, and uh, combined, UCLA ended up with 245 yards rushing. Uh, Zach Charbonnet had a big game, uh, especially in the red zone, um, but Dorian Thompson-Robinson was excellent. Um, great ability to uh, hit Greg Dulcich, um you know, wide open in the middle of the field. Uh, felt like um, Colorado's defense just completely broke down, especially in the second half. Um, UCLA was just able to kind of get... I, I, it must have been breakdowns. Um, I can't imagine them actually intentionally playing a zone that soft, um, but Dulcich was just wide open. I think it was like three times in the middle of the field. Um, Kyle Phillips got open a lot, um, but it was, uh, it was just really... Um, uh, uh, an impressive surge from UCLA um, scored 34 unanswered. Um, it would have been 35, but missed extra point. Um, but it was a really, really impressive thing. They played angry. Um, I thought after seemingly having absolutely no energy to start the game, um, Chip Kelly, if you saw, he got kind of fired up on the sideline because of, I think it was a missed situation where um, the ref stood over the ball um, to allow a sub, even though UCLA hadn't subbed. Uh, and he seemed pretty pissed off about that. And then I think that translated to the team because they all came out with their hair on fire in the second half um, and just ran the ball down Colorado's throat. Um, and then defensively, I thought, like, from the jump, they were clearly going to try to get aggressive with Colorado. Um, and it just didn't work very well early, but it started to work more in the second half. Um they were trying to disrupt Brendan Lewis, and he's grown as a quarterback since the beginning part of the year, but he hasn't grown that much, and this offense hasn't grown that much. So it was bound to start working at some point. Um, you know, they hit some some kind of, uh, I won't say lucky plays, but they hit some uh, really, really good cutback runs from Jarek Broussard where he just made great individual plays in the first half. Um, but it didn't seem... Even at the time, it didn't seem particularly sustainable, um, and uh, that kind of proved to be true. Um, now, still, this was a bad Colorado offense for most of the year, and UCLA nearly allowed 200 yards rushing to them. So, I mean, was it a good defensive performance? No, but it was dominant in the second half. Um, pretty much shut down this offense entirely. Um yeah, I mean, it was um, it was a very sleepy start to the game. Um, you would have been forgiven for feeling a little dejected. Um, you know, Colorado probably probably could have had a bigger lead going into halftime. Um, you know, they had a couple of screw ups in the red zone of their own. Um, but it was if you looked at the yardage um, heading into halftime, uh, it was relatively even, and UCLA had actually had quite a bit more yards per play. Um, they were just kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. That Dorian Thompson-Robinson interception in the first half wasn't great. Um, and the end result was uh, a 2010 deficit that, you know, yeah, if Colorado had been perfect, it probably would have been a little bit more. But also UCLA had been so far from perfect. Um, 
And then the final, like, the final stat line is obvious which team was the better one. UCLA went over 500 yards, over 7.5 yards per play. Colorado had 360 yards, 4.5 yards per play. Um, you know, they, Colorado probably did a better job controlling the ball, controlling the, you know, clock and that sort of stuff. But it just really didn't matter because UCLA was far more explosive, far more able to hit big plays. Um, but yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I thought was really good in this one. He had the one interception. UCLA had kind of a weird, I think a weird starting game plan to this game. It was a lot of, um, almost swing pass, but like a lot of like receiver screen on the outside, just kind of dinking and dunking. Um, and Colorado seemed to have that handled pretty well. Um, once they started attacking the middle of the field, started attacking it with Dulcich and then also going to a little bit more of the zone read game. Um, that seemed to open some things up. Uh, they started attacking what was the fundamental weakness of Colorado, which was that Nate Landman was not on the field. Um, so it was kind of curious to start it with, uh, all that kind of, you know, try to get the ball quickly out to the outside because that's actually going towards one of the strengths of Colorado's defense, which is cornerback play. Um, but attacking the middle, you're, you're attacking the fact that Nate Landman isn't there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, I think it was a uh, overall in total, you would have to say it was a good performance from UCLA um, to come back and, and show some fortitude after really getting punched in the mouth in the, in the first half was um, impressive. Um, yeah, and Kyle Phillips, that great uh, catch and run, uh, and then that punt return for a touchdown. Um, he was a decisive player in this one. I thought Britton Brown really ran hard and angry. Um at some critical moments for UCLA. Um, but fundamentally, I think it was Dorian Thompson Robinson on the offensive side. Um, he was making, aside from, again, the really bad pick, um, he made the throws he needed to make over the middle, and he made really good decisions in the run game. Uh, defensively, I thought there was um, there was some stuff to like in this one. Um, I think Quantrez Knight had his best game in quite some time. Um, he was... He, he seemed like he was back to playing with a chip on his shoulder, and I don't know how much of that is just he's, you know, in a game like this against a team with, um, you know, some fundamental flaws offensively, if he can basically perform like he did against Hawaii, where he's just, you know, not really worried about anything and just pinning his ear, ears back and running forward. Um, but he was making some big tackles, big plays. Um, I thought Martel Irby had a big stop late. Um, he was uh, He's always a stud. But the guy who really stood out to me all game and, you know, final stat totals, he didn't actually end up with a huge stat line. But Carl Jones, um, man, I, 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 this year, um, this will obviously be a pretty disappointing year in total. But... Um, really one of the most curious things from this season is why Carl Jones has not played a lot more than he has. Um, that level of speed at that position, um, what he's able to do, um, not just running down ball carriers, but the, the, the dip under, um, I want to say it was like the left tackle or he dipped under him and then chased down Lewis from behind. Um, and actually he seemed to twist his ankle a little bit. Um, just, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. None of us are football coaches. None of us are, you know, highly paid college football coaches. But it, it seems like an easy eval. Um, the guy with the speed to run down last year's Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year in a full sprint down the sideline, yeah, play him more. Um, and it just, you know, uh, Carl Jones, he makes plays when he's out there. Um, and it's just, uh, 
you know, he hasn't been out there nearly enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was there was some stuff to like. I thought some playmakers who we thought were going to be playmakers this year were able to make plays in this game, um, which was good to see. Um, but I think that's a function, as we've learned, I think a little bit more about um, the quality of this team. I think it's a function of the quality of the team they're playing. Um, you know, these guys, this scheme uh, shows out better against uh, low quality offenses. Um, and Colorado, for all of its improvement in the last couple of weeks is a low quality offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we can, you know, I think it's easy to, after um, a big loss for UCLA to kind of overreact. And I think I have a tendency to do this sometimes, um, you know, they lost bad to Utah. And so it's like, oh, maybe UCLA is quitting and they're just bad. And I think the fundamental reality about UCLA is that they're just merely average. Um, and so average UCLA, yeah, they're going to lose to Utah and yeah, they're going to lose to ASU. But yeah, they're probably going to beat Colorado pretty good. Um, and that's ultimately what happened here. Now, does that mean UCLA is really good again? No. No, it doesn't. Uh, I think we have the measure of UCLA pretty good, which is that they are an average to above average team on uh, any given day. Um, and I think in this one, they were more on the above average side of it. Um, but, you know, average can lose to USC and average can lose to Cal. So it remains to be seen what... Uh, what team shows up for those games? Um, but as it stands, uh, really nice performance against Colorado and uh, the Bruins walk away with bowl eligibility, which is uh, given the last, whatever, five years, nothing at all to sneer at. All right. Well, that's it for me. I will talk to you guys again this week.